today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. There is a debate that's going on here in the city of Hamilton uh, right now about urban boundary expansion. Not the first time. Uh, which is uh, rather interesting. I mean, there's always going to be a concern as cities continue to grow uh, that, you know, where are we going to put everybody? And uh, the, the debate, of course, in Hamilton is do you go out or up? Uh, there is a staff report, apparently, that recommends a small urban boundary expansion uh, simply to accommodate the number of people who are anticipated to move into this area over the next little while, which is going to be significant, we're told. Uh, and this is based on some government numbers and tracking that they've done over the last little while. Uh, and... Uh, that's that's one element of this. The other element, of course, is uh, you have to uh, juxtapose that with the concerns we have right now about uh, saving green space, about farmland, things of this nature, and uh, and about the, the way in which cities are going to grow. And uh, it's it's been a very contentious issue, and it's a very contentious issue in Hamilton and in other communities because the provincial government has basically uh, mandated that these municipalities have to come up with a growth plan and say, you know, you guys show this, what's going to happen here and how you're going to let this grow. Uh, there's a number of people on city council and a lot of people in the community that would rather see infill developments, in other words, uh, empty lots, uh, brownfields reconverted uh, into housing units and things of this nature, and they say that should suffice. Uh, there are others who seem to think that that's not going to suffice and that, you, you know, if you want single-family homes, which is what most young families want, there's going to have to be some urban boundary expansion. Now, that's it in a nutshell. This is certainly a lot more to the argument and to the debates. But it's become very contentious because there was a, an online survey that was done in Hamilton some weeks ago where an overwhelming percentage of the people that, that took the survey online uh, said no urban boundary expansion. And they, they cited things like, you know, the, the impact it's going to have on farmland, it's green spaces and things of that nature as, as a couple of the main reasons. Uh, there's another move afoot right now by other groups to say, no, there has to be some urban boundary expansion. Uh, you can't just keep building high rises or, or you know, townhouses because not everybody wants those. And we already know, for instance, that there's a housing crisis in Ontario, and that's magnified in Hamilton and in London, uh, that the price of houses is almost unaffordable for an awful lot of people. And if we don't increase the supply of houses, it's only going to get worse. So what are we going to do? Well, that's where the debate is right now. And the uh, city council has to make a decision on this in the next couple of days. Uh, the Ford government has already weighed in. The ministry sent a letter to the city council that they received a week or so ago that basically said, if you guys maintain the status quo, that's not going to cut it. Uh, and they didn't necessarily say what they would do as a result of that, but uh, the, the, the I think it was implied that they may have to take their own actions on this. And the, the provincial government uh, may well, in fact, you know, say, okay, we're going to impose this. I don't know if that's what they're going to do, but, I mean, they have done that in the past. Municipal governments have been uh, impacted a great deal by uh, the the policies of, of provincial governments. It was, let's face it, a provincial government that gave everybody regional government back in the 1970s, and then it was uh, the Mike Harris government that gave us amalgamation, where a number of communities were forced to amalgamate. It was not, not done voluntarily, and a, and a number of other issues that go on like that. And, and that's why there's been a problem uh, with jurisdiction. And, hey, you know, who has the right to say how cities are going to grow right now? Is it the province, or is it the individual municipality? So, anyway, the Ford government and some members of Hamilton City Council are on opposite sides of this issue and have been for quite some time. And uh, people on both sides are starting to weigh in on this. You've heard from a number of people on Hamilton City Council who are just adamant to say, look, at there should be no urban boundary expansion, period, end of sentence, end of debate. Others have different opinions on this. Uh, Donna Skelly, who is the uh, MPP for this area, for Flamborough-Glanbrook, she's a 
member of the uh, the Ford Caucus, of course. Uh, she told a, a, a conversation with Global News Hamilton just a little while ago that there have to be some other considerations to take this. And she says uh, the urban boundary as it stands right now just can't stay put. I don't know how it can. They have to come up with a plan. And, and we're not suggesting, let me be very clear, we're not saying build anywhere. We're saying you come back and figure out how to accommodate these people. They're not all going to live in apartment buildings. And each one of the councillors that has voted against this lives in a single detached home that's very hypocritical. So that's one side of the debate. And, uh, and certainly that seems to be the, the, the status that uh, the Ford government seems to be taking on this, about how we are going to grow in different communities. And uh, it's, it's something that we're all going to have to come to grips with in the next little while. Uh, people are going to come here. You want people to come here. That's what economic development is all about. You want to create jobs. You want people to live in this community. Uh, Hamilton had a bad rap a number of, for a number of years right now. is not necessarily a bedroom community, but a place where people who worked in the GTA uh, would buy their houses because they were more affordable here and uh, and be you know do the commute every day but i mean you know you want people to work live in here and spend their their you know disposable income in, in the community in which they live uh that's changed considerably over the last little while and and because of the shortage of uh housing stock here in hamilton which is not unusual it's happening in other cities as well uh housing prices have gone through the roof as we all know uh to the point where now hamilton is actually the fourth most difficult city in which to buy real estate in in the country and uh, we were never uh, in that uh, uh, that group before, but it's it's happening, and it's not going to get any better anytime soon. We're told. So what is going to happen here, and and just how much jurisdiction does the province have in situations like this? Uh, it's it's a, an interesting debate that's going on, and it seems right now, as we look at it, just a few days before city council is going to deal with this, uh, we could be heading for a showdown here between the Ford government and uh, the local council, that being Hamilton City Council. And uh, a number of folks are weighing in on this. Uh, Andrea Horvath, the NDP leader and the leader of the opposition, has already said that uh, she sides with uh, the idea of no urban boundary expansion. Uh, jumping into the debate now is uh, Mike Schreiner. Mike, of course, is the leader of the Ontario Green Party of Ontario. He's also the MPP for Guelph. Uh, another city that's being impacted by housing shortages and, and skyrocketing prices and uh, mike schreiner joins us on the bill kelly show uh to give us a read on what he's going to be doing as a matter of fact including a motion that he's going to be introducing uh mike it's been a while but welcome back to the program good to have you with us again today hey bill it's always a pleasure and uh you know i was in hamilton over the summer and was asked about uh expanding urban boundaries and said a clear no back then and we'll continue to work with people in hamilton to make sure we address the housing affordability crisis while at the same time protecting farmland, greenland, wetlands. How do how do you find the balance though, Mike? I, I want to get into your motion in a second, but from a, a philosophical and I guess slash pragmatic approach, uh, there are some people that are trying to find middle ground here and say, look at you know we want to do that. You know we've got the green belt, and notwithstanding what uh, Doug Ford says, we don't want any building any houses or factories or anything in the green belt, but cities are going to grow i mean you know they're predicting over eight hundred thousand people in hamilton over the next number of years where are we going to put them that's the question a lot of people on council are wrestling with now yeah it's an important question that uh, councils and elected officials all over ontario are dealing with this and i think in the case of hamilton there's a lot to learn from uh, waterloo region and just uh, the amount of density that's been built around uh, the LRT in Waterloo uh, certainly creates a huge opportunity for Hamilton uh, that's brought in you know, major economic benefits, capital investment, and massive job creation. Also, we have to be looking at ways that we can have what I call gentle density. 
So looking at our zoning requirements and land use rules to make it easier to allow people to turn single-family homes into duplexes, triplexes, quadplexes, making it easier for people to build secondary suites, basement apartments, tiny homes, uh, laneway housing, uh, which has added benefits to homeowners because it provides new revenue streams for them to help pay their mortgage down faster or in some cases be able to uh, afford to buy a home. And then I've also been very impressed with some of the permanent supportive housing projects in Hamilton that's been, you know, put forward by Inwell and other developers uh, to address uh, chronic homelessness while providing uh, mental health and addiction support for people who need them. You touched on something that I think is very important and, and part of the debate, and I haven't heard too much of this from City Council, but... Uh, the, this is this is a partnership. Uh, you know, it's one thing to say, "Hey, we don't want the province telling us what to do," uh, but a lot of the issues that you just talked about here, Mike, uh, have to do with things like uh, bylaws uh, and, and planning and things of that nature, which is done at the local level. Uh, and maybe it's time to reevaluate some of these bylaws that prohibit. And I know there's a big move some years ago uh, about prohibiting uh, the use of, of making duplexes into residences and things of this nature. And, and there were reasons for it at the time. I don't want to get back into that debate necessarily, but maybe we need to relook at that and understand that that can be part of the solution here. Absolutely, we do, and that's a big part of the Ontario Green Party's housing affordability strategy we put out in June that, you know, the Toronto Star called a master class plan and many other uh, housing advocates, as well as home builders and realtors, uh, said was, you know, the kind of comprehensive yet doable plan uh, we need to address the housing affordability crisis in a way that protects farmland, wetlands, and green space. And, uh, you know, we have to look at best practices from around the world. And I've really, one of the examples is Minneapolis, Minnesota, where they've been able to bring in these kinds of zoning and bylaw and planning changes in a way that, you know, led to a yes in my backyard uh, uh, movement. And part of it was the way in which they did uh, community consultation, including the voices of people who might want to be moving into the neighborhood instead of just the people who live in the neighborhood, and also taking the consultation to where people are in community centers, libraries, childcare facilities, schools, etc., uh, to really have more voices at the table. And they did it in a way where, it were in, in the context of Ontario, we can do it in a way where the province can come in and provide some funding support uh, to incentivize municipalities to do this and make it easier for them to do it. Tim Hudak was on the show just a couple of days ago, Mike, uh, and of course Tim is the CEO for the Ham uh, the Ontario Realtors Association, and, and basically the, I'm, I, I don't know if you saw the letter that he actually submitted to the Premier's office, but it was along those lines that look at there's a lot that we can do here with rezoning uh, and cutting through red tape at the municipal level to make a lot of this happen, and, then, and even the realtors are they're suggesting that there may have to be some sort of urban expansion, minor urban expansion, but a lot of it's going to come from Inville. That that, that this can be a win-win situation. I, I, I guess what bothers me is that an awful lot of people are making this a black and white issue it's going to be all this or all that and usually that the solution is not necessarily it either one of these polar opposites it's usually somewhere in the middle i i hesitate to use the word compromise but we have to understand that you know that there has to be a in a made in hamilton solution here a made in london solution for that great city maybe a made in guelph solution uh, you can't have the province simply say here's the cookie cutter answer for everybody yeah, absolutely, Bill. I mean, I think what you need the province to do is set the rules and the guidelines and put, you know, the boundaries in of what can and can't be done and then allow municipalities 
and local citizens to have their say and 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 plan out what's best for their community within those guidelines. And you know, I think one of the things that's made the Ontario Greens uh, housing affordability strategy so popular is that we've managed to work with anti-poverty groups and you know, housing affordability advocates, but we've also worked with the Ontario real estate realtors mm-hmm. and received very positive feedback from all of them because we've taken non-ideological approaches and just offered pragmatic solutions. And, you know, not everyone agrees on 100% of the issues, but if you can get, you know, 90, 95% of the way to agreement, uh, then we can move this issue forward. And I think one of the other important uh, aspects of building connected, livable, sustainable, affordable communities is the way in which they support small businesses. I mean, Jesus, pandemic, it's been so hard on small businesses. And if we can build communities that are more walkable, easier to cycle, have better transit, people can access the stores they want to support within a 15-minute walk, bike ride, or transit ride, that's also going to support local businesses and lead to more vibrant, livable neighborhoods, the kind of places people want to live in. And I think especially after this pandemic, the kind of communities people want to be connected to each other in. Exactly. One of the reasons and, and one of the things I really want to see happen, though, as this debate continues, is is knock off at the polarization uh, because it, it's only harmful. Uh, you know, the people that, that are in favor of some form of urban boundary expansion are not a bunch of money grubbing developers that only care about profit. And the people that don't want this are not just a bunch of tree huggers that don't understand about growth and the economy. Uh, they both care about community. And, and we're trying to find uh, some, some commonalities here. And to that end, uh, you're going to be introducing a motion in the House. Uh, maybe you could talk to us about uh, exactly what you're going to be doing here. Yeah, so I actually introduced it yesterday, Bill, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, It's a motion to essentially recognize that the climate emergency we're facing is connected to the housing affordability crisis we're facing because we can't keep building out sprawl which is what is driving the largest source of climate pollution in Ontario, which is transportation emissions. Nobody wants to take time away from their friends, their family, their community by spending long hours in a car. So let's figure out a way that we build what some people call 15-minute communities where you can live, work, shop, and learn uh, in in a neighborhood uh, within a 15-minute, you know, drive, transit ride, bike ride, or, or walking. And to put the rules in place to make that happen. And so we can both increase the supply of affordable housing while reducing climate pollution at the same time, grow our economy, and improve people's quality of life. Those are the kinds of win-win solutions I'm looking forward to. And you know what? As far as I'm concerned, you know, um, developers can function within those guidelines and build houses and, 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 you know, make a profit and earn a living and pay, pay their workers, you know, good, good wages and create more jobs. And I think we can do that in a way that we don't pave over our farmland and our wetlands, which, you know, we need to have that land to feed us and to protect us from things like flooding. It's not a new problem. I can remember years ago I had uh, Mayor Nenshi just after he got elected uh, as mayor of Calgary. Uh, he was in Hamilton actually talking to the chamber, and he came on the program. And that was one of his things that got him elected. He said because Calgary was just booming, as you remember those days, Mike. And and he said, my God, he says it was uncontrolled spread. And he says it was terrible. Uh, he says I, you know, so he wanted he ran on a policy of smart growth. And you know, okay, we got to rein this in a little bit. We're going to grow. We know that, but let's do it in an intelligent way. Uh, and that has to be the I think the focus of the discussion here. Uh, but when the government issues a letter like this before council's even made a decision on this, uh, I, I know some people are saying it's undemocratic. Uh, I, I, 
people have to understand. I've tried to, without trying to, I'm not coming to the defense, certainly, of, of the Ford government, but, uh, you know, every community, Hamilton, Guelph, everybody, you know, exists at the behest of the provincial government. They're the ones that issue the charters. Uh, and as we saw with the court decision about Toronto City Council earlier this week, uh, they do have a lot of power if they want to wield it. But you want to make sure, Mike, I think that they yield that power wisely and, and don't use it as a hammer. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we don't want to hammer the hammer, do we? No. <laughs> I would say that... Uh, you know the bottom line. You just is, gave them another slogan, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what? Here, here's the bottom line: is is uh, and you should have me back on. We should talk about giving municipalities more power because I think the province mm-hmm. has far too much power over municipalities. Uh, but the bottom line is is you know what? We can increase the supply of affordable housing. We can um, build our communities in ways that improve people's quality of life and improve our local economies, especially for small businesses and we can protect our farmland and wetlands, and smart growth is key to that. And, and it can be done in a way that, you know, benefits people who, you know, are, are builders and developers. It can be done in a way that addresses, you know, issues around homelessness and access to affordable home ownership as well as, well as affordable uh, access to affordable rental properties. Uh, but smart growth is going to be critical, and so the province has a role to play in setting the rules uh, but local municipalities should be able to determine what's best for their communities within those rules. Well, it's, uh, it's a debate that needs to be had, and uh, as I say, the, the clock is ticking for Hamilton City Council right now, but it's a debate that's going on just about every community, isn't it? I mean, because we are growing in this, in this province right now, and, and how we grow is going to be an, a very, very important part of that. Uh, so, you know, we're looking to see what's going to happen here with Hamilton Council and, and others in the coming days ahead. Uh, good luck with the motion. We'll see what the government does in response to this, and oftentimes I know these things kind of get shelved or shut into a blue box, but then a couple of months later, you see elements of some of that stuff introduced in government motions you've been around long enough to see that happen mike so maybe 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 some of this will rub off on them well we can only hope uh and we'll have that further discussion too about uh, about the municipality provincial relationship too Uh, always a pleasure mike thanks so much for the time today take care yeah bill i appreciate it and you have a good day you too. Mike Schreider, leader of the Ontario Green Party, uh, with his uh, assessment of what's going on with the uh, debate about urban boundary expansion. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.